Welcome to the C12 Podcast. My name is Matt, and today we have Alex Carney continuing our series called I Quit. This week we'll be talking about why we need to stop comparing and magnifying our insecurities. We hope you're encouraged and guided by today's message. What's up, C12? How we doing? Doing good? Hey, I'm excited to jump into this teaching. Uh, I'm going to start out a little bit of not how I would normally start out a teaching. So uh, how many people that if you, if you go to the lake and it's freezing cold, you're just going to do a cannonball. You're going to jump right in. How many of those are in the room? Okay. How many of those people that you're going to like, you know, slowly, like I'm going to dip my toes in the water. Like I'm slowly just going to get my way. How many are like that? Like you're going to like ease your way in. Okay. We got, we got some of that. <laughs> That's okay. I know I'm kind of the cannonball type. I know, I know people that are more of like, the, I'm going to dip my toes in. It's going to take about a half hour. While you're on the boat, I'm still on the shoreline. You're still having a fun time. <laughs> but I wanted to, to, to jump into tonight. And I'm just going to ask that you would be the person that we just do a cannonball in. Hey, we're just going to jump right into tonight's teaching. And I'm going to start out probably a little differently more than I, more than I have before. And, uh, and I'll be honest, I wasn't even actually supposed to teach tonight. Uh, Josh, I was supposed to be teaching this message, and uh, he is actually uh, out of town. And so he said, hey, man, why don't you go uh, over and, and teach this teaching for this week? It's over I Quit Comparing. And it's, I was like, in my head, I was like, yeah, but you do so much better than I would. And then I'm like, what the heck? That's the point of them teaching. That's what we're talking about. And, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that's what we're in. And, and I, I just felt like sometimes when, when God orchestrates things like that, you know God is up to something. And, and I think that there's something in tonight. I think there's something for you. I think there's an invitation that I think God wants to offer you. And, and, and all of us, we all have a purpose in this life. We all have a purpose. It's, it's different than everyone else's. And, and, and you usually can't, you can't accomplish somebody else's purpose. You can't just be like everyone else. And see, if you want to stick out, but you're always trying to, trying to fit in. So you can't make a, a difference if you're always trying to be normal. God has a very specific calling, a very specific purpose on your life. And I want to offer a challenge. And I want to, uh, to start that with tonight. It's a spiritual challenge. And, and I think if you lock in, I think if you obtain it, I'd go ahead and write this down. Let's, let's jump in and really lean into, hey, what is this spiritual challenge that God is really convicting me of tonight? And I think it'd be something that is, is liberating. I think it, it, tonight it'll give you freedom and it'll probably help you fulfill your unique God-given calling. Maybe for some of you, it'll just help you enjoy how God's made you, how God's wired you. Maybe for some, it'll help you find purpose and, and a passion in life. Maybe for some of you, it'll help you overcome depression because you're always so used to just trying to be like somebody else and compare your life to theirs. And, and maybe for some of you, it'll just help you learn to smile again. It'll help you to be comfortable in your own skin. And so it's just a simple challenge, but I think it's a profound one. I would go ahead and write it down. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Now let's Let's spend a few minutes and, and talk about why. How many of us have ever compared ourselves to somebody else? <laughs> There's always the one person that does raise their hand. I'm holy, dude. I'm Jesus, basically. No, we've all at some point have compared ourselves to somebody else. Okay, I, let's just be interactive in this room. How many of you, or I would say, what, what are the things that you compared yourself to? Like, just, just shout them out. What are the things that you compared yourself to? Siblings? What else? You can just shout it out. What, 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 what are the things that you compared yourself to? Influencers. Influ oh. Influencers. What else? Other Christians. What else? Parents. Parents. Keep going. What else? What, what are the things that you compared yourself to? Education. Education. 
<laughs> my writing ability to somebody else's writing ability. <laughs> Ooh, parents' expectations. What else? Let's keep. Let's let's do a few more. Your friends. Significant others. Ooh. Say it again. Love. Wealth. Okay. It's like. <laughs> A little interesting if it was love, okay. Uh, what else? Well, let's do three more. Say it again. Society. You guys, I went to school in Canada, so I use that for everything, honestly. It's just kind of my cop out. All right, what else? Let's do two more. Jesus. <laughs> Amen. We're done. Go home. We're fine. <laughs> What else? What? Let's, let's, let's have another one. Coworkers. Hmm. You say The Rock? <laughs> or Cameron Glasper. <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> He's offering free uh, memberships at Bodyplex, Hamilton Mill. Type uh, Cameron Glasper, get your discount. Become an influencer, change the world. Right, at some point, we have all compared ourselves to other people, other things. See, we, we compare ourselves in our appearance, our hair, our body shape, our eyes, our biceps, <laughs> our body type in the summertime. I'm sure this, is a, this might be a little bit of an issue or a problem for some people that in the summertime, you're like, well, that guy's just more cut than I am. This girl's more attractive than I am. They're like, I'm going to go swim with the t-shirt on because I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> our possessions. The phone, the, the, the things that we own, iPad, clothes, car, what house you buy. See, we compare the things that we own. If mine doesn't look great, then somebody else's life looks more wealthy than mine. We do it in our relationship status. If I'm single and they're in a dating relationship, we compare our life versus theirs. Theirs is more happy because they're with a significant other and I'm not. And then out of insecurity, we tend to lower our standards because we want to have what they have. We compare relationships, their relationship versus my relationship, her boyfriend versus mine, his girlfriend versus mine. We do this in our circumstances, where we work, where we go to school, our life stages. We do this in performance, so we do this in our schoolwork, how well you're doing, your talents, your achievements, your success. We do this by the way that you do things in life, how, what school that you went to, what grades you got, how well you did. And we compare uh, our life versus somebody else's. See, we compare all the time about everything. Am I good enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I smart enough? And the big thing that we ask underneath it is, who am I? Who am I? And I think there's two things that we want deep in our hearts. We want to be accepted and loved. We all have the desire to be told that. We all have the desire to feel that. We want to be accepted and loved. And therefore, we compare. We go back and forth. We compare each other in our hearts. And it can take, I'm telling you, this can take over your life and it can dominate you. It can rob your joy. It can steal your blessings. It can rob every fruit of the spirit you have because you're always chasing theirs. So we compare. And when you, when you compared, what happened? Did anything good happen? No. <laughs> you just got more insecure. You got more sad. You got more depressed. 
You got more, uh, I just, I wish I, I, I wish I had their life and I don't want mine. And I think that there's three dangers in comparison. And then I want to go over tonight how we overcome it. So three dangers in comparison. The first one, it steals our joy. First one, it steals our joy. Comparison is the death of joy. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12. It's not that we dare to classify or what? Oh, we can say it all together. Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and themselves with one another, they are without understanding. (laughs) Not that we dare. We don't even dare to compare because it kills joy. It robs meaning in our life. It destroys relationships. Look at what it says at the end. It says that they're without understanding, meaning that it's kind of stupid to compare. This is something that we shouldn't invest more of our time in. And we use someone else's life as the scale to measure our success. Well, if they're farther along, then we're not achieving. If they're lower, then we're succeeding. Are we better? Are we faster? Are we stronger? Are we smarter? Are we prettier? See, success in life is not a matter of being better or worse than other people. It's simply being who God has created you to be. That we can't use somebody else's success as a standard of how, we, of how we live our life. That the standard is the word of God and the identity that he has given you. That is the standard. And when we constantly look to chase out somebody else's life, we ultimately end up not fulfilling our unique God-given purpose for our own life. And then we, de- we develop this little internal spiritual build-a-bear workshop. <laughs> And you want the best parts of everybody else because you hate everything you have. You want everything about everybody else because you hate everything you have. And you create this make-believe person. And you're like, man, I want Cameron's singing ability. I want Josh Ivey's preaching ability. I want Paul Neiman's beard. I want Yona's beautiful Venezuelan accent. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else, just me? Okay, just personal, okay. <laughs> so-and-so's looks, so-and-so's athletic ability, so-and-so's height, so-and-so's talent. Now, all of a sudden, we have this make-believe person that doesn't even exist. And you're comparing yourself to the standard that you made, not that God made and you're always dying to this thing you'll never achieve because that person's not even real. You're living up to this false image that you made and God can't bless who you pretend to be. God can only bless who you actually are. The real you, the unique you, how God has made you. And I think that we waste more of our time in life trying to follow someone else and to be better than them rather than following Jesus to be more like him. We focus more on better than rather than just becoming a better follower of Jesus. And we miss out. And if we compare ourselves to others, we miss out on who we actually are, the talents and abilities that God has given us, the unique gifts that he has given us, the skill set, the things that he has planned for us, the calling, the purposes that he wants to unfold in your life. We miss out on that because we're so busy chasing theirs. And this happens all the time, especially on social media. And maybe a big takeaway is, hey, if you want to stop comparing, maybe you need to stop scrolling. Stop looking at how you think other people and how their life is better. 
how their relationship is better, how, how, how they have this perfect life, how they have the right style, the right clothes, the right looks, the right life. And when you think everything that they have and everything that they are is right, you start to think that everything you are and everything you have is wrong. You don't have joy because you're so focused on how God gave them joy. A couple weeks ago, I uh, <laughs> showed you a little picture of what it was like back in 2008. So I thought I'd just bless you again with, uh, <laughs> he's a runner, he's a track star. <laughs> Super athletic, super uh, capable. Obviously, I ran a 4.24 in the 40-yard dash uh, on PlayStation, not in real life, probably. See, I, my mom had this picture in the house, and I used to hate it. I hated seeing it. I hated looking at it. I hated everything about it. I hated how I looked. I hated how cold it was that day. I hated my shoes. Everybody else had track shoes, and I'm the only one that had these $35 Asics from Play It Again Sports. So they're all running fast. Now that's about your shoes. But, you know, I, I was just so bummed about how I didn't have what they had. I was just so focused on somebody else's life. I hated how young I looked. I was in, okay, just... Just so you guys know, I was at this point in my life, I was a sophomore in high school. I, I look, thank you for the empathy. I really feel it. I look like I'm in elementary school. Let's just acknowledge that. And seventh grade, I'll take the upgrade. And I hated how young I looked. I look back at those pictures, and, I, and even when I saw it firsthand, I was like, gosh, I, don't, I hate this picture. I hate everything about it. And I go to restaurants, and they'd always be, hey, hey, little buddy, do you want like a coloring map and some crayons? Oh, my parents soaked that up so good. They loved it. They, loved, they always laugh every time, and I want to give like the not Jesus answer. I'm like, you want some coloring map and some crayons? No, I don't want coloring map and crayons. I'm a track star. I'm an athlete. I got second in my heat. Out of the last race. <laughs> See, when you compare, the only result you achieve is being someone you're not. When you compare, the only result that you achieve is somebody you're not. It steals your joy. Second thing, it makes us resentful. When we compare ourselves to others, we resent God's goodness in others' lives, and then we ignore God's blessing in our own life. We resent what they have, and then we ignore the things that God has given us. How many of you have ever been to a wedding? And I know, you know, there might be some people who are engaged in this room. There might be someone who are married. But you've been to a wedding where somebody else gets married, and, and, and you're not in that stage of life. And then you always have that one person come up to you, and they're always like, so when's your turn? <laughs> How many of you guys have had that before? How many of you guys feel that's really awkward? You embrace it. You're like, okay, awesome. And then someone's also trying to set you up at the same time. And they're like, well, you know, our cousin Meredith, she has a great niece named Susan. I'm like, she's 40. I don't even, this isn't even going to work. <laughs> and, you get, and you get to that spot. And so you start to, the whole time, you're just comparing in your mind. You're like, oh, I hate this wedding. I don't, I, I, great, you're married. Who cares? I resent everything about it. You, you know what? Go off, be by yourself. I don't want anything to do with this day. See, we start to resent when you start to compare. We get resentful about the things that God is doing in somebody else's life because we just feel this pressure of what we don't have in our own. And then we get, and hang with me, we secretly get really good at downgrading others so we can upgrade ourselves. We get really good at downgrading others so we can upgrade ourselves. We do this in little hidden areas. Yeah, she's great, but... Ah, she's kind of about herself a lot of the time. Yeah, he's, 
He's a cool guy, but he's also kind of a dud. We give backhanded compliments, and we want to downgrade their life because they have what we don't. We chase what they have because we're so blind to our own resentment that we ignore the blessings that God has given us. And this happened in the Bible, too. These are not things that just happen in this day. This is something that happened even with Saul and David. Saul and David ran into this. And, and just so you know, when you dive into Scripture and you read things and you're like, well, that's a different culture. That's a different time. But it's the same heart issue. They're dealing with the same things. And look at what Saul, he's a king of Israel. He was known as a famous warrior. And then David comes along. He's like the new kid on the block. Now he becomes, he, this is uh, in 1 Samuel 18, this is after, you know, he conquers Goliath and, and now he's leading the Israel army. He's coming home, it's from a big victory and they're all singing praises to, uh, to David and it says Saul had killed thousands, but David his ten thousands and then Saul started to resent David. So the Bible says that he kept a jealous eye on David from that point forward. Saul evidently tried to kill him. It started with jealousy, moved to resentment, and then he wanted to murder <laughs> He compared himself to David and Saul forgot that God had used him as a mighty warrior in the past. Hey, God used me too, but I got so caught up in David's life that I forgot what God did in my own. And we resent God's goodness in others and then we ignore God's blessings in our own life. And maybe a question you gotta ponder is why would God give you more blessings if you're not thankful for the ones he's already given you? Bitterness and blessings can't be in the same heart. Third thing, it makes us prideful. It makes us prideful. This happens when we compare and then we feel like we're better than other people. Look what it says in Luke 18, uh, verses 11 through 12. It says, the Pharisee, now standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. <laughs> like extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. Ultimately, what his prayer is saying is that, God, thank you, I'm not like those suckers. <laughs> thank you, I'm not like those losers. I don't steal. I don't cheat on my wife. I obey all the rules. I fast. I pray. I give my time. And I think there's some hidden areas where there's kind of like a Pharisee in me. <laughs> We do this too. We do this in our jobs. Oh, I can't believe they haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> they don't even have a job and this person's 25, 26. At least I'm not like them. Man, they still live at home and I moved on, I bought a house. At least I'm not in their boat. Oh man, they made a C on that test, I made an A. You're not that smart in school, at least I'm not like them. Look at the clothes they're wearing. Why would they wear that? That's not trendy. Look at what I'm wearing. Well, I'm going to compare how I wear versus what they wear. I'm glad I'm not like them. We do this in our own devotional life. I read my Bible every day. I pray. I've dived deep into God's word. I bet they don't. What about you? See, compared to me, they suck as a person. Comparison can make us proud because it puts us at the pedestal of our life. And there's one thing that God can't stand in its pride. God hates pride. If there's one thing that will kill your anointing, if there's one thing that will kill your streak with God, your ability, the purposes that he wants to unfold with you, it is pride because God can't stand it. 
He hates it. So comparison, it kills our joy. It makes us resentful and it makes us prideful. And in the process, I think where we really lose the most is that it, helps, it, it disconnects us with God. We lose our relationship with God because we're so focused on everybody else. And we miss out on the purpose for our lives. So how do we stop? We know we should stop. We know that we have to. We know that we shouldn't uh, compare ourselves to one another, but how do we do it? And I believe at the root of comparison, it's an identity issue. Comparison comes from an identity issue. It comes from a lack of understanding of who we are. See, when we compare, what we do is that we shrink our identity and then we magnify our insecurities. We shrink our identity and then we magnify our insecurities. Comparison is nothing but an outward display of what you're insecure about. You'll never find who you are by comparing yourselves to others. You will only find your identity in who God really is. God shows you who you are. He shows your identity. See, God is the author of your identity. You can't know your identity until you have a relationship with God. God gives you an identity. He gives you a purpose. He gives you a calling. All of that is because of Jesus. And I want to uh, dive uh, into 1 Corinthians. I, I know I probably don't have this on the screen, but Paul's using something. It, 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 it's an analogy of the human body. And he's, he's using this uh, to describe the church. So he's using the human body as an analogy to describe the church. And it says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. See, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. There are many parts but one body. There are many parts but one body. Paul uses this as an analogy to describe the church because we're all different. See, what Paul is saying is that you can't compare your hands and your feet because they're designed differently. They have a different purpose. One's not more valuable. They're just different. They serve a different function. You can't compare your eyes and your, and your ears because they're designed differently. They have a different purpose. One's not more valuable than the other. The same is true of us. There's not one person who is more valuable than another. There's not one more gift that is more valuable than another. There's not one more uh, personality trait that is more valuable than another. There's not one more skill set that is more valuable than another. Each of us is wired and made by God and we're crafted with very unique skill sets, with very unique uh, God-given identity that makes us who we are. That we're many parts, but we're one body. God made each of us on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. And so we can't compare ourselves to one another. Basically, what I'm doing now, I'm just giving you permission to be yourself. <laughs> be who God has created you to be. And we do this all the time. We do this in the church. We do this in ministry. We do this by looking at other ministries. We do this by looking at other churches, people inside the church, people who attend church. We do this, we compare each other and how they worship, how they pray. 
We do this in ministry. That, oh, they have more people in their ministry. They have more volunteers. Well, their church is cooler. Well, their church does this better. Does this better. Their pastor does this better. He preaches better. She sings better. They do this whole service a whole lot better. He or she does it like this, and why don't we do it like that? See, we get so caught up in comparing that we strive to stick out that we want to rise above everybody else. And if we're not careful, there's a big danger that we will waste more ministry energy trying to become famous rather than faithful. I'll say it again. We will waste more ministry energy into being, in trying to become more famous rather than faithful. You'll live in the shadow of somebody else's calling. You'll always chase where the next and new is. You'll find where the next excitement is at. You'll live off the high of how I can be better than him, better than her. And it's not about becoming better than, it's just about becoming a better follower of Jesus. And, and by the way, what we do a lot of times is that we like to attribute success to what we do. And I think we need to switch where success actually lies. Success is Jesus's anyways. Sometimes we give way too much credit to what we can do that we forgot who brought us there. We give way too much success to the things that we've done in our life, the things that we've achieved, the things that we've done that sometimes we forget where we were from. Jesus saved my life. Jesus redeemed me. Jesus bought me with a price. Jesus transformed my life. Jesus brought me these opportunities. Jesus brings the favor and the blessing. It's because of Jesus that these things are possible, not by myself. <laughs> My identity, it's in Jesus. My uniqueness, it's in Jesus. My purpose, it's in Jesus. So we beg to ask the question, who am I? And maybe you came in tonight and maybe you're just struggling a little bit with your identity. You're struggling a little bit with your calling. You're struggling a little bit with your uniqueness, your purpose, what God has you here on earth to do. And I figured I'd just give a little, uh, uh, actually uh, rather a lot of scripture passages and I'm just gonna fly through them because I want you to understand where identity is placed in. He gave the right, I'm just going to list them all off. He gave the right to become children of God. In Ephesians, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. In Colossians, and in Christ that you've been brought into fullness. In Genesis, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. In Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before, uh, before you were born, I set you apart. In 1 Corinthians 12, now you are the body of Christ and each of you is a part of it. In Ephesians, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In 2 Corinthians, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In Psalm 139, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Who I am is because of who God is. <laughs> Who I am is in light of who God is. God doesn't make trash. God didn't make a mistake when he made you. And Satan wants you to compare because he wants you to lose who you are and your identity. Satan wants you to compare because he got kicked out of heaven so he can't have what you have, which is an identity in Jesus. He lost that right, and that's the only card he can play is comparison because he's so jealous of what you have, which is being able to have a relationship with Jesus, and your identity in Jesus is perhaps your most strongest weapon. Your relationship with God is perhaps your most strongest weapon that you have to offer. When you're so rooted in him, insecurities give no birth to comparison. 
that you walk with an utter confidence that it is in Christ. It is because of Jesus. I am able. I am here today because of Jesus. I am able to conquer the things that I'm able to conquer because of Jesus. So thank you, God, for making me the way that I am. Thank you for making me lead the way I lead. Teach the way I teach. Preach the way I preach. The personality that you wanted. The hair color that you intended it to be. Thank you, God, for making me the way that I am. And sometimes we get so caught up that I hate this. I hate who I am. And what you do is you dishonor God because you say what you made sucks. God, take it back because I don't want it. And God says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And there's a true statement inside of this. Because when we know our identity, then we can fulfill our purpose. To fulfill my purpose, I must embrace my uniqueness. To fulfill my purpose, I must embrace my uniqueness. To fulfill my God-given purpose, I must embrace my God-given uniqueness. See, we're unique in height, in weight, eye color, hair color, skin complexion, ear size, the way your mind works, the way you walk, your personality, your sense of humor, talents, gifts, everything. You are made uniquely. Everything about you is different, but everything has a purpose. God designed everything about you for and with a purpose. So let's not miss out on what God has for you because you're so busy chasing somebody else. Be you. Be who God's created you to be. No one can be a better you. God doesn't need another Kevin Myers. He doesn't need another Jason Berry. He doesn't need another Cameron Glasper. He doesn't need another Yona. He doesn't need another me. Thank God he doesn't need it. He doesn't need uh, another, uh, whatever you want to compare yourself to. God doesn't need another one of them, another, because otherwise he could have made one. But he wanted you. He wanted Isaac to be Isaac. He wanted DJ to be DJ. He wanted Isabella to be Isabella. He wanted Holly, Jacob, Kelsey, Brooke, Dan, John, Rachel, Lauren, Maddie, Mark, Sarah, Megan, Jim, Ryan, Thomas, Derek, Trey, Zach, Rose, Tyler, Keeley, whatever your name is, God wanted you to be you. God wanted you to be you. God didn't make a mistake that he made you. God doesn't make mistakes. God needs you. That's why he made you. God designed you to be you because he needs you to be you. Everything about you has a purpose. Everything about you has a purpose. And maybe the thing that you don't like about yourself is the very thing that God uses. The very thing you kind of hate is the very thing I think that actually makes you special. It makes you unique. And there's two things uh, growing up that I, that I just, I actually kind of hated about myself and there, one of those things was, you know, I just wrote them down as just struggles in, in learning. You know, I was actually, um, I was supposed to be born deaf, and my, uh, my mom, when she was pregnant with me, that she was actually learning sign language. Uh, the doctors told her, hey, you'll need to learn sign language because, you know, your son might actually be born deaf. And I was born with a 10% hearing loss in my right ear. I was actually, as a kid, I was diagnosed with a, a mild case of, of Tourette's. And uh, I, I went to the hospital. I got hooked up to all these, like, you know, cords and wires to my head. And as a kid, you're, like, freaking out. And you're like, it's some ET experiment. And you're, like, just so scared and paranoid. And, and I actually got uh, diagnosed with ADHD later on in life. And uh, I was born five weeks premature. Like, this is like a recipe for disaster. And and uh, I'd always joke, and I'm like, well, thank God I actually came out with like four, you know, two arms, two legs, and not a tail. And, uh, and if you say it around kids, they like actually take you seriously. <laughs> and they're like, oh, he almost had a tail. <laughs> I 
No, I didn't have a tail. I, a different audience, all right. It seemed like a recipe for a disaster. And, and growing up, I, I actually went to speech therapy. And uh, I was in all these special classes as a kid. And, and I, I, I just, I, I hated it. I was insecure. Like I wasn't, I didn't fit in like everybody else. I didn't have it like everybody else. And, and, and I'm not like the rest of these kids. And, and the other thing that growing up, you know, I just, I'm, I, my personality is just always outgoing and extroverted. And, and sometimes people just always want me to like, just be the funny guy, like just come and make a, make a joke. Or, you know, I've actually literally had people like it's a silent room and someone's like, Alex, say a joke. And I'm like, what? <laughs> am I like a clown coming out of a boxer? Like, you know, <laughs> here we are. Uh, like, what do you want me to do? Like, yeah, I know my last name is Carney, but I don't work at a circus. So I, this, is not, this is not my role. It's not my calling. Let's go find somebody else. Different purpose. And uh, it's one of the things that I just, I, I, I kind of hated. Like I, I hated growing up, you know, uh, and, and, and going through all that and going through like all those speech therapy things and having people always, you know, use me for this one thing. And, and, and as much as I hated it, I, I think God really used it. And the things that you hate, I think, are the, the things that God uses the most. And there was benefits to it. I wouldn't be even here teaching or preaching if it wasn't for speech therapy. Speech therapy set me apart as a kid that I was able to actually even advance past other kids in English and writing and in math. When while they struggled, I, because of speech therapy and because I had to work so hard as a kid to, to really go through that and overcome that, that it actually set me up really, really well. And my parents actually went on to say, hey, you're kind of a miracle child. You know, we didn't really expect you to maybe like, you know, uh, uh, we didn't know how things were going to turn out when we were pregnant. Um, and so there, there was things that uh, this it really improved a lot of my speech. It, it improved my development of practical uh, social skills that it helped a lot with how I connect with people. I learned so many personal things as a kid that actually helped me build relationships all throughout my upbringing. That even in me trying to be like the funny guy at times, I just had to embrace who I am. I don't need to be, I don't need to be serious all the time. I don't need to be this, this one person who's always got to be, you know, just this strong, like independent, like, you know, go-getter, bust through a wall, charge type of person. I had to kind of sometimes at some points let go of intensity because sometimes intensity is the band-aid over your insecurity. And you try to be more intense in one area because you're underneath, you're just insecure in another. And I think you just had to get to a spot where I just got to embrace who I am. I'm not like that person. I don't do it like that person. See, if I didn't embrace who I was, I would never get where I was going. Everything about you has a reason, it has a purpose, even the things that you don't like. So you have to embrace your unique design to fulfill your unique purpose. And I wanted to give a few moments where maybe for you in this room, you know that you're comparing yourself to somebody else. You know that comparison, is, it's robbing you of every fruit of the spirit that you thought you had. There are things in your life that you know that you can even, you can even think of people in your head. And, and maybe it's coworkers, maybe it's friends, maybe it's someone that you don't even know personally. And you're like always trying to internally compete with them. You're always trying to compare with where they're at and what life stage that they're in. And as the band comes up, I just want to take a moment where you just get to reflect on it. Maybe you're journaling. Maybe you're. Maybe you don't want to write something down on, on on your journal or type something on your phone. 
And there's two questions I want you to kind of reflect in. And we're gonna take a few minutes and they're just gonna pat in the background and play. But I'd write these down. I reflect on them. I reflect on it tonight. I reflect on it this week. First thing is, where are you comparing yourself to others? And second thing is, where do you need God's help to stop? Where are you comparing yourself to others? And where do you need God's help to stop? That maybe you just need to embrace who God has called you to be, that you need to accept who you are in Christ Jesus. God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't make trash. That God loves you so much that he made you the way that you are so that way you could fulfill the purpose that he has for you, which is in Christ Jesus. Not something I achieve on my own, but something that God gives me. And so I wanna pray over you. So you can bow your head and close your eyes. I wanna pray that you would embrace how God has made you. You would embrace how God has gifted you. You don't need to lead like other people. You don't need to act like other people. And maybe you struggle with knowing who you are because you're always trying to pretend to be somebody else and and you're always, well, nobody gets me, nobody understands me. Well, maybe you don't either. I wanna take the next several minutes and we're gonna pray. Maybe you need to go back to the room. You need to sit down on the ground, you need to journal. Maybe you need to come up uh, uh, here at the front and you need to pray. Maybe you need to sit in your chair and you just need to reflect. You need to take a posture that you know that you need to take in order to sit in the presence of God and reflect. Where am I comparing myself to others? Who am I comparing myself to? And where do I need God's help to stop? So God, we just pray over this room. God, I ask that you would move, Father, in people's hearts and in their lives. God, I pray, God, the things that they're comparing themselves to, God, the standards that they put on themselves, which is just more of a pressure, more of a burden. God, the people that they put on pedestals because they think that their life is right and their life is perfect and they think everything that they have and everything they are is wrong. God, I pray. God, that they would see the unique identity, God, that you have created them to be. They would see the purpose that you have put on their life. God, I pray for people in this room who are maybe wrestling with a call to ministry, but they haven't said yes to it because they're always comparing to somebody else. They're always looking to another pastor and they could say, I could never lead like that. I could never pastor like that. I could never do that. And so God, they're not taking steps into it. God, maybe you have a specific calling that you put on people in this room and they don't want to take a step forward because they're so afraid and they're insecure by looking at somebody else's life. Oh God, I pray you give them confidence. God, I pray you give them confidence. God, bring assurance. God, would you speak to them? God, speak to their heart knowing, God, that identity comes from you. So, Father, we pray this in your name. Amen. Take the next few minutes. Reflect on those questions. Sit. They'll be playing in the background. They'll have the pad going. Take the next few moments and dive deep and, and reflect on who am I comparing myself to and where, where, what, what are the things that, God, that I can ask for God's help to stop. Thank you for listening to the C12 podcast today. Comparing can be all too common and leads us away from the joy God has for us. If you would like to learn more about College of 12 Stone, give us a follow on Instagram at C12Stone. Hope to have you join us next week at C12 at 730 on Thursday. See ya.